Please pray with me. Dear Father, we thank you for this time that we have, that we can come and worship together, that we can uh, be with brothers and sisters in Christ, encouraging, encouraging them. Lord, we are thankful for all that you have given to us. We're thankful for our families, our home, the work that we have. Lord, we're thankful for the resources that you have given to this church. And we pray that we will use them wisely to bring glory and honor to you, to minister to our hurting community, and to share the love that you have. Lord, we pray that your spirit would be upon Brother Danny this morning as he shares his message. Lord, we pray that you would help our hearts to be open and receptive. Lord, as we participate in, in this uh, Lord's Supper today, we will reflect on our own lives, Lord, and our commitment to you. And I pray that you also help us, Lord, uh, to more fervently love you and to more fervently obey and follow you. We ask these things in your name. Amen. We are so glad that you're with us this morning, and uh, we hope that you're enjoying worship. I uh, want to let you know, if you happen to be a guest with us today, we have these cards in the pew pockets right in front of you. You can take one of those. We would like to ask that you take one of those and fill that out and just give us a little bit of information about yourself. Also on the back side of that card is a place to put a prayer request. You may be going through something or know somebody else that's, uh, that's experiencing a, an issue or a place where they need prayer. If you'll write that down uh, and give that to us in the uh, baskets right outside, uh, we will take that this week and pray for those things. Again, thank you for being with us today in worship.
and we do give thanks and we count our every blessing. Let's stand and continue our worship. Come thou fount of every blessing to my heart to sing thy praise. From the mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. Sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Oh, to praise how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not Thy compassions, they fail not. As Thou hast been, Thou
Father, we thank you that you are faithful. Lord, we count our blessings and we love you so much this morning. Thank you for being our Savior. Thank you for being our Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark, for being with us today. Brother Steve is away on holiday travel, and we appreciate uh, Mark Good. I told him this morning when I saw him, welcome home. And um, that's, that's how we feel about Mark and Jamie both and are so excited and thankful when we had the chance to see them. I also want to take the moment to thank everyone who uh, made Wednesday night such a great success. Um, I'm not sure if all of you here were able to be with us, but we had our very large family Thanksgiving dinner out at IWF Event Center, and it was a wonderful time. If you were a part of, of all of the volunteers who cooked and decorated and helped make that such, such a success, I just want you to know personally from me just a big thank you. Uh, folks, when I was a child growing up in church out in West Texas, I always welcomed the times that we took the Lord's Supper. And I didn't welcome that as a child because I was some sort of super spiritual kid. I, I welcomed it because it cut down on the amount of sermon from our pastor. And I, I think that's a, a strange twist now that, that I'm in this position. But I always loved that day because the preacher preached a little bit shorter. But what I recognize when I look back now is that I greatly misunderstood the importance of this memorial meal that you and I today have the privilege of receiving. You see, I've come to believe and know what you do, that the Lord's Supper is a very big deal. Somebody say amen. And, and church, the, the Lord's Supper is such a big deal that when astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin Jr. became the first men in history to walk on the surface of the moon, you may not know this, Buzz Aldrin celebrated that occasion by taking the Lord's Supper. Let's go back to 1969. In 1969, Buzz Aldrin was a member of a congregation outside of Houston, Texas, and he told his lead pastor, Dean Woodruff, that he had been struggling to find the right symbol to celebrate the first lunar landing, and, and that pastor wisely suggested that day that Aldrin ought to consider the Lord's Supper. So he got busy immediately making preparation for the Lord's Supper ahead of the launch, and, and here's how it went down. The Lord's Supper bread was carried in this plastic packet the way the in-flight food was wrapped, and because there was just enough gravity on the moon for the liquid to pour, Aldrin wanted to pour the wine into a chalice from his church. The pastor had presented him this small silver cup that was small enough and light enough that Aldrin could pack it in his personal preference kit. And Aldrin describes that surreal ceremony this way. He said, I poured the wine into the chalice our church had given me. In the one-sixth gravity of the moon, that, that wine curled slowly and gracefully up the side of the cup. He said it was so interesting to think that the first liquid ever poured on the moon and the first food ever eaten on the moon were the Lord's Supper elements. And before taking the Lord's Supper that day, he, he took out a scrap of paper that he had jotted down and, and placed it into a tiny pocket in his suit. And on that paper were the words of John 15, 5. 
It said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever remains in me, and me in him, will bear much fruit, for you can do nothing without me. And Aldrin later reported to the media that asked him questions. He said, taking communion on the moon was his way of giving thanks to God for the success of that mission. I love that story. I love that story because it reveals simply what I want to say today is that the Lord's Supper is a very big deal. And it would be a really big deal if it were not even taken on the lunar surface, right? I want you to take your Bibles with me today because the Apostle Paul also thought the Lord's Supper was a big deal. And I want us to read together what he shared with the New Testament congregation there in the city of Corinth. Um, this church uh, was, a, was a strategically placed church. Corinth, one of the most dynamic, important cities of the ancient world. It was a pagan city, however, and so for God's people to be there, for the, the message of Christ to be there was so significant, and we know this church had its ups and it's had its downs and it had division, it had success, it had all of those things. But here in 1 Corinthians 11, beginning in verse 23, we have this amazing passage where the Apostle Paul shares about receiving the Lord's Supper, and here's what he says. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given things, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of Jesus. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. And that is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. So then, brothers, he says, when you come together to eat, wait for each other. If anyone is hungry, he should eat at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. I'm not sure if you realize this, but many people believe that the book of 1 Corinthians was actually written before the Gospels. And if that's true, right, then this is the first account of the Lord's Supper that we find in Scripture. Now, of course, we know it also appears in Matthew 26, Mark 14, and, and Luke 22. But there's three things that I want to establish very quickly today about the supper. First, the Lord's Supper is a simple act. Let's start with that. The Lord's Supper is a simple act. The Bible says that the very first communion, the Lord's Supper, the Lord Jesus, on that night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He, he didn't offer some big elaborate ceremony. He wasn't wearing special costumes and vestments. He didn't ask anyone to burn incense and do all kinds of fancy rituals. No, the Lord's Supper was, and it still is, right, just a simple act. 
Jesus took bread and he took wine and he gave it to his followers. It's not some big elaborate ritual. When we take the Lord's Supper today, we shouldn't turn it into an elaborate ritual either. We should simply observe the elements and that's what we'll do today. The second thing is this, the Lord's Supper is a reminder. The whole purpose, right? The whole purpose of the Lord's Supper is to remember what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Now, we have a tablecloth over our table, but as a child, I remember staring at the table and engraved right across the front, it said what? Do this in remembrance of me. Paul, in effect, says this. I received this, and now I'm passing this reminder on to you. It's a tradition, Paul seems to say, among churches and believers everywhere. Folks, when we take this meal, we are being very intentional. We are intentionally remembering what Jesus did on the night of his betrayal and what happened at Calvary. It's a simple act. It's a simple reminder. Third, the Lord's Supper is a statement of faith. Have you ever preached a sermon? Have you ever preached a sermon? Most of you right now say, no, and I don't plan on that. But I'll say this to you. When you take the Lord's Supper, friend, you preach a sermon. You're placing your beliefs on a billboard by a busy highway in life for all to see. This is a sermon. It's a this I believe type moment. The only difference is this one occurs symbolically, you see. It's a simple act. It's a reminder. It's a statement of faith. But let's move on from those. When we take the supper in just a few moments, I also want you to do this. I want you to look backward, and I also want you to look forward. Looking backward. What should we look back to? The death of Jesus on the cross, right? Verse 26 in our text today, plainly spoken, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim what? The Lord's death until he comes. I, I love this great story of the West African named Asibi. Asibi supplied from his veins, folks, the very first blood from which the vaccine for the yellow fever was derived. Uh, this, this man named Asibi, this West African, had contracted yellow fever, but miraculously he had recovered, and that made the antibodies in his blood precious to those who were seeking the cure for that deadly disease. And Asibi allowed his blood to be taken for this life-giving purpose. In 1937, the yellow fever vaccine was first manufactured from Asibi's blood, the original strain of the virus obtained from that one humble man, right, has gone throughout the earth. From laboratory to laboratory, from hospital to hospital, from generation to generation, providing immunity for millions and, and millions and millions. It was said by one immunologist that the blood of one man in West Africa has been made to serve the whole human race. Friend, we can say the same thing and so much more about the blood of Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. The blood of Jesus has served the whole human race. We must look backward, but we must also look forward. Go back to verse 26 with me again. 
Same verse, different idea this time. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Three little words just tagged on at the end, right? Well, not exactly. This is referring to the second coming of Jesus. Until Jesus comes. And friend, we, we need to remind ourselves and we need to preach today that Jesus Christ is coming again. Jesus Christ promised that he would come back to take us to be with him where he is. There is a looking back. There is a looking forward. We look forward to the fact that Jesus is coming. We look back at the cross this morning. We must do both. We have to do both. A simple act. A reminder. A statement of faith. The Lord's Supper is a very big deal. It was big enough for the moon. It was big enough for the disciples and Jesus himself. And it's certainly very big for us today. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this opportunity. Lord, lead us to examine ourselves as we engage in this simple, profound, sermonic act. God, speak to us today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, as we prepare to receive the supper today, we're still doing it with a, a simple um, cup that you should have received when you came in. If for any reason you desire to receive the supper today and you did not get one of those cups, you, you will not be out of line in any way to stand and go out to the landing to get one of those cups for yourself. We want everybody to be able to receive the supper that would like to. Is there anybody that needs a cup? And as, as these are, are retrieving cups for themselves... Let me remind you that our church does practice open communion. That means if you are not a member of First Baptist Church and you are a born-again follower of Jesus Christ, we ask you to participate with us. Some churches practice closed communion. That means if you're not a member, you can't take the supper with them. But we believe that there is a chair at, at this table for every person who has followed Christ. Now, if you have yet to receive Jesus... We ask you to refrain, not because we want to push you away from the table, but we want to give you the chance to just watch. We're going to preach a sermon, as I said before you. We're going to remember that this, this bread symbolizes his broken body. Jesus gave his life for you. This, this juice today symbolizes Christ.